glorify his name not to lift him up ah glory to God oh right there right there don't want to think too long but I praise him and honor him that in spite of what I've been through he's still God and he's an awesome God ah God bless you hallelujah God bless you, my Shiloh family. Greetings to you all. Greetings and blessings to all of you online. I praise God for this day. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. It is truly a privilege and an honor to stand before you and declare the word of the Lord. I give honor to my bishop, the Reverend Dr. Benjamin Keith Watts. I'm so appreciative of him affording me this opportunity. And I praise God for our first lady, Lady Cynthia Watts, who is a woman of excellence. I praise God for all of the leaders, ministers, deacon, deaconess, and the leaders of this great church, and to my wonderful children, who I love so dearly, Trefina and Minister Robert Martin, and to my husband, who is the priest of our home. I'm always thanking him and thanking God for him for covering me and loving me. You know, I gotta take a certain kind of husband to love a certain kind of woman. God has a way of giving you exactly what you need. And I thank God for giving me or loaning me the husband that I have. I'm so honored for that. And I also thank God for you, my Shiloh family. I love you and miss you as dearly. And for everyone that's joining us this morning online, blessings to you all. Please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Holy, holy, holy. The Lord thy God Almighty, the one that was, the one that is, and the one that's still yet to come. I am privileged to stand before your people, but not in my own strength and not in my own power, but by the strength and power of the Holy Ghost. I ask that you would hide me behind thy cross, that I may be used by you, that you may be glorified, edified and magnified and the devil will be horrified and father we just bless you for this time in your son's name i do pray and let everyone say amen 
if you would go with me in your Bibles or whatever you have, what device that you have your Bibles on, I want to redirect your attention to the book of Daniel, chapter 6. Verses 7 through 9 was already read in your hearing. And I'm going to pick up on verse 10 and read down to verse 13. And from the New Living Translation Bible, the word reads on this wise. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and kneeled down as used you in his upper room. In its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he always done, giving thanks to God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and found him praying and asking for God's help. So they went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It's an official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man, Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, is ignoring you and your law. He still prays to his God three times a day. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated, those of you in the sanctuary. I want you to help me preach this morning and declare my sermon title. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on praying. Regardless of what happened in 2020 and that spilled in 2021 and doubled up in 2022, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on praying. I want you to encourage someone this morning and type in the comments, keep on praying. No matter what this season looks like, we're going to keep on praying. But I need you to pray with me. There was a pilot who frequently, frequently flew his personal plane. Several times while he was in the air, God made his presence known to him and attempted to communicate with him. However, he never really talked to God. In spite of God's constant advances, he continued to fly his plane, enjoy the sky view, enjoyed communicating with the other pilots. And one day in his haste to fly to his destination, and at 700 feet in the air, he noticed his tank was approaching E. And with the urgency in his voice, he radioed the traffic control tower. Pilot to tower, pilot to tower. I'm 400 miles from the airport and 700 feet above ground. I just recognize that my tank is approaching E. 
please advise. There was no response, only silence. He readied again, pilot to tower, pilot to tower. I'm 400 miles from the airport and 700 feet above ground. My tank is approaching E, please advise. No response, only silence. And then about a few seconds later, through a static line, he hears a voice, tower to pilot, tower to pilot. Are you there? Yes, yes, I'm here. Please advise. Listen up. The very best that I can offer you right now is to repeat after me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He offered him the Lord's Prayer. Crisis has a way to get you to communicate with the Creator. Crisis has a way to get us to communicate to the Creator. And although prayer is the essential part of every believer's existence, it's seldom valued until we're in a crisis. Although God answers calls and he answers when we call upon him, but he desires more than a 911 relationship. And in this 21st century, with so many things that occupies our attention, we don't make time to spend with God. Instead, we use God as a fire extinguisher or a spare tire. And only to run to him when we run into a problem. Or bypass him while we're on our way to something we deem more important. Most of you are familiar with the story of Daniel being thrown in a lion's den. Some of you learned it when you were in Sunday school or heard so many sermons on the subject. Oh, it's a story about Daniel being thrown into the lion's den. But God sent an angel to shut the mouth of the, the lion and Daniel was unharmed. Oh, it's a remarkable story. Daniel delivered out of the lion's den is a story that we grab a hold to when we are faced with life challenges. It provides a sense of encouragement. And it's one of those stories that we take comfort in to know that God delivered Daniel out of the lion's den. He surely can deliver me out of my situation. You know, that's true. God certainly can. And while I was reading this passage of scripture, I became more interested in the events that taken place in the life of Brother Daniel that compelled me to put my sandals on and to walk closely with him. And I invite you to take the journey with me. Let me show you how Daniel captured my attention and he, he had me on my tippy toes. And I thought I would share it with you just in case when you read this passage of scripture that you didn't see it. We enter on the scene with Daniel now serving under a king, King Darius the Mede. 
he decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces. In doing so, he appointed three high officials to rule over each province. Daniel, along with two other administrators, were appointed to supervise the high officers and protect the interests of the king. But the king was a wise man, a man full of wisdom. He recognized not that not everyone that's rolling with you are for you. The king was aware that the people that worked for him didn't have his best interest at hand. Oh, their perfidious character allowed opportunity to control their loyalty. So he put certain measures in place. And Daniel was one of these measures. He was one of those loyal brothers that went above and beyond the call of duty, so much so that he proved himself more capable than all the other administrators. And because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to elevate him over the whole entire emperor. He was going to be large and in charge. Oh, but Daniel didn't know. The higher you go, the more successful you are, the more enemies you acquire. From a spiritual perspective, we say it like this. New levels, new devils. So Daniel would certainly have to contend with this. He already had some strikes against him. He was a foreigner in a pagan society. He was the new kid on the block. And he didn't fit into the old, good old boys network. He didn't fit into their political arena. But God didn't put him in a high position of authority and power to fit in. No, he put him in the position to stand out. Oh, I know that it doesn't feel good or is a good, you feel good about being stand, standing out when you're being ostracized and not included in the inner circle. That can be a lonely place, especially when you did nothing wrong. This is the case of Daniel. He did nothing wrong. He was loyal. He walked in integrity. He was gifted and skilled that created some enemies. It's a difference when you were created and have enemies on the outside. But what do you do when your enemies are the one that's on your team, making decisions with you, but find out they are not your friends, but your foes? That's what happened to Daniel. He walked in integrity and had a spirit of excellence. He was a man of good character. Oh, character, it's what you do when no one else is watching. That's character. When no one else is watching, it really tells you who you really are. The other administrators became jealous and started searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or to condemn him. Our former president, Obama, 
experienced a similar situation when he was commander in chief. Another administrator looked into his past and when they couldn't find no corruption, no tax invasion, no scandals, these haters sent a team to Hawaii to investigate Mr. Obama's birthplace. They went as far as to say that the investigation team reported that Mr. Obama's certificate was missing or never existed. Sources say when these haters amplify the false conspiracy, high questions where Mr. Obama was born. You know, I'm just telling the, what I found out on the sources and the facts. And I am not one, as you all know, Shiloh family, to gossip or to call names. But in order to trump that conspiracy, Mr. Obama, who was born in Hawaii, had released his certification during the 2008 presidential campaign. And that didn't stop the haters. Daily, every single day, they followed him. They stayed close to him. They watched him. Just like Daniel, uh, the administrators and officials, they watched his daily routine inside and outside of work. And they couldn't find anything to criticize or con to condemn him. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So the haters concluded, the only chance of finding grounds to accusing Daniel will be to the connection with the rules of his religion. So they conspired against him and tricked the king into signing a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. Oh, Shiloh, you know the story and you know how it ends. Daniel violated this decree and was thrown into the lion's den. But God, oh, somebody come on and say, but God. Oh, come on, you right there online, type in the comments, but God send an angel to shut the mouth of the lion, and Daniel was unharmed. Oh, it's a remarkable story that will make you shout. It just will make you pick him up and put him down. And while I was following Daniel, I stayed so close behind him a couple of times. I, I stepped on the back of his sandals because I needed to take a closer look at his routine that was so significant in his journey prior to being thrown into the lion's den. The first thing I noticed about Daniel, he had a posture of prayer, a posture of prayer. Mm. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he was faced with opposition, but he didn't cry or complain. Instead, he went home and kneeled down as usual in his upstairs room and prayed. Now, let's be honest. 
some of us can attest, since this pandemic, with changes within our government and the policies and procedures that are frequently changing at our workplace, this pandemic has certainly changed the morale of the office and some of your co-workers who once was pleasant to work with. Let's just say that changed. Daniel complained. He didn't complain at all. Where others were complaining, Daniel didn't. He just went home and kneeled in prayer. Kneeling is a prayer posture of true humility as a sign of reverence. Daniel sought to the posture to kneel in prayer to the God who is so worthy of such worship, honor, and praise. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not implying that kneeling is the only posture of prayer. You can pray in whatever position you desire, sitting, standing, head bowed, laying prostrate before the Lord. For some, kneeling is their first preference. And for others, kneeling is not so preferable at all. A woman who visit a Catholic church can attest to this. One Sunday, when she was at church, all of the other parishioners kneeled several times throughout the service. And after the service was over, the woman who sat next to her noticed she never kneeled doing prayer. So she asked her, do you have a problem kneeling down? She said, no, I don't have a problem kneeling down. The problem I have is getting back up. Kneeling is a physical posture of prayer. But when you're not able to kneel, remember, it is the heart's posture that matters the most. So when Daniel kneeled in prayer, he was demonstrating a posture that encompassed the spirit of submission to worship the true and living God. The second thing I noticed about Daniel, he perpetually prayed, perpetually prayed. My brothers and my sisters, one of the ways to build resilience in this season is to perpetually, consistently, and deliberately pray. The Bible says that Daniel prayed three times a day. It was customary in his religion practice to pray three times a day. Religion will get you to start praying, but having a relationship with God will compel you to keep on praying. Ah, the spiritual discipline keeps us connected to the power source. You know, the other day, I was on my cell phone. And when I heard it beat, indicating a low battery, I realized that I forgot to charge it the night before. And I continued on the call, and I heard another beat, and it showed a red line 
3% remaining. And I continued talking on the call, and it kept beeping, and it stayed there. And now, so I did not want to lose the call, so I ran upstairs to get my charger and plugged it into the outlet to give it some power. Since I had a few more conversations to go to take care of this situation of the doctor, and you know how when you call, and if, you don't, if they don't call you back at a certain time, you call back again. Now you gotta wait another two days to, to, to respond. So I'm on the call, and as I plugged it up, I'm still trying to talk, and you've been there, and now I'm sitting close to the outlet, and the phone is hanging down, and I'm trying to stay close to the cord so I will not lose the call. Oh, I'm not the only one that experienced that. You also experienced when you had to sit close to the phone while your phone was charging up so you wouldn't lose the call. And I remained sitting in a position until I got up the phone and I got enough power to leave the phone on its own. And then in order for you and I to not die in this season, we have to stay close and plugged in to the power source and sit close, close to the one who is the source of our strength. Dearly, having a periodic prayer life just won't do. You have to pray perpetually. Having a periodic prayer life just won't do. Your greatest power lies in your greatest hours of prayer. I'm going to say that again. Your greatest power lies in your greatest hour of prayer. Prayer is a lifestyle, not a trend that goes in and out of style. And when we are faced with uncertainties, accompanied by life's challenges and life's demands. It's a recipe for pressure. And sometimes when you're under a lot of pressure, you feel like you wanna implode or explode. Either one is bad. How about praying perpetually releases pressure. It releases stress and gives you hope. Prayer gave Daniel a sense of hope. And when we are faced in these uncertain times, and when he thought that he was in a hopeless situation, his prayer life gave him hope. And the third thing I noticed about Daniel, he petitioned God in prayer. He petitioned God in prayer. When the administrators took a failed trip to his house, unannounced, when they arrived, they saw exactly what they knew they was going to see. Daniel was praying. He was giving God thanks. I don't know if he was giving God thanks for the day. I don't know if he was asking God and giving God thanks 
at the same time. First, she started giving him thanks, and then he started asking for help. But I like to believe that he was giving God thanks for being the true and living God. That he was giving God thanks for being the all-powerful and the all-knowing God. I like to believe that he was saying, God, I thank you for who you are because you are great God, and you're greatly to be praised. I like to believe that he was saying, God, I thank you for keeping me today. God, I thank you for covering my mind today. God, I thank you for wrapping your arms around me today. God, I thank you for keeping me in this place. God, I give you thanks. And after he thanked God, he started asking for God's help. And the sources say that Daniel was not asking for help for himself, but he was interceding on behalf of the Israels who sinned against God. How Daniel had confessed his heart and prayed toward the promise that is found in 2 Chronicles 6 and 38 and 39. He prayed that God would forgive his people and restore to the land. Even while Daniel's life was in jeopardy, he interceded on someone else's behalf. Prayer is free, but intercession costs you something. It costs you something when you're interceding on others' behalf. It costs you something when you're standing between life and death. It costs you something. God, but he, Daniel, Daniel, he was in a legalistic pagan society, and he held a higher level position of authority in the natural as well in the realm of the spirit. And when he started praying, his prayers took dominion over the hemisphere and terrified those administrators. And their goal was to kill Daniel, to stop him from praying. Daniel's prayers was a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And I came to tell somebody this morning, the reason why the enemy is trying to get you to stop praying because your prayers is a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Once you start praying, demons start scattering. Once you start praying, God start moving. Once you start praying, the hand of God begin to turn. Once you start praying, things start lining up. Once you start praying, things happen because you started praying, because you start declaring, because you start decreeing. So I ask you, to have faith in your prayers, knowing that your prayers make the difference. When you start praying, things start changing. When you start declaring and decreeing, things start changing. When you start rebuking, things start changing. So I want you to know that your prayers makes the difference, regardless of what happened, regardless of what it looks like, that when you get a doctor's report, and it's not what you think. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, just start praying uh, and keep on praying. Uh, when you have a financial hardship, don't worry about it. Uh, just keep on praying.
morning uh, when things begin to come at you uh, in all directions. Don't worry about it. Uh, just keep on praying. Uh, I'm going to keep on praying. Uh, I'm going to keep on praying. Uh, I'm going to keep on praying. Uh, We're going to keep on praying. Uh, regardless uh, of what's going around you, uh, start declaring and decreeing uh, that when the enemy attack my body. I'm gonna keep on praying. When you get in your house and if things are not going right in the family, just start praying. When the enemy comes in like a flood, just keep praying. While the enemy's attacking your mind, start praying. When the spirit of depression comes upon you, stop praying. Just stop praying. Just stop praying and keep on praying. And make a direction. Make a direction. Make a direction right at your prayers. Directly at your prayers that you're going to keep on praying. And you're going to keep on interceding. And you're going to keep on calling on the name of the Lord because prayer changes things prayer changes things prayer changes things the word of the Lord for the people of God hallelujah 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 God oh God we thank you we praise you, God. In spite of what life looks like, in spite of things that come our way, we're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on trusting. And we're going to keep on believing. Hallelujah. Well, I bless God. Hallelujah. For each of you. I praise God for your health and your strength. And this is the opportunity that I make right now for someone, if you don't know Jesus, that you want to give your life to Christ, this is your opportunity. Whatever that you have been going through, whatever you think that you can't handle, I want you to know that God can. We want you to please join us and become a member of this church. Or if you want prayer, we are praying for you. And we invite you to call the church, email the church. If you email, just put in the subject line, today I gave my life to Christ. We're here for you. And we want you to be a part of the Shiloh family. And we're here to walk with you. To walk with you through the journey of getting to know Jesus. Tomorrow is not promised to you. The next hour is not promised to you. But at this moment is that you can make a decision to give your life to Christ. Oh, come on, saints of God. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. For our Lord and Savior. And at this time, we're going to give up our tithes and our offerings. The opportunity to make that known to God that our tithes and our offerings as we give them know that as you give them and we give them together that is building up the kingdom and we appreciate you all the Shiloh members that you're continuous giving as well as those of you who have been sowing seeds into this house we thank you that you and your seed is being sown here and know that your seed is being sown into good ground and good soil 
And it is our prayer that as much as you have sown, that you will reap that double and a triple and a hundredfold. You can give, as you've seen on our screen, three ways. You can give through Giveify, Cash App, or you can mail it in. But we thank you for the opportunity and for your heart of giving. Let us pray over your tithes and offerings. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity of giving. Father, we pray for every person that's giving today. We ask your blessings to be upon them. I pray a Deuteronomy 28 blessing. Father, that you would command the blessings to come upon us and overtake us, that we'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed when we going in and blessed when we going out. We thank you for blessings upon every household. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, we thank God for this time that we have together. I'm going to ask you as we leave here today and as you go throughout your day, please lift one another up in prayer. I'm going to ask a special prayer for Brother Courtney Williams and his family. His grandmother this week had went home to be with the Lord. So I'm going to ask that you please lift him up in prayer and also pray for so many others who are grieving and lift up those who are going, battling and sickly in their body. Prayer, we know, changes things. So when we come together and pray and intercede on others' behalf, things begin to change. And I'm going to ask you also to lift up our bishop and our first lady and their family and keep them in prayer as well as keeping one another in prayer. On Wednesday, please join us. Well, I'm sorry, Tuesday, please join us for Bible study. And then Wednesday, please join us for prayer on the community, Shiloh's Community Prayer Corps line. Amen. So let us pray. I believe that you, whatever, gonna, I'm going to lie on the band right now. still giving out, handing out for the kids as well as the mask and we're handing out those out on today between 11 and 12 o'clock. Thank you so much. We ask that you please, those of you needed, please, we'll be here at 11 and 12 and they'll be picking up whether the, the mask and or as well, which is the N95 mask and as well as the COVID-19 testing kits. We invite you to come and they'll be here and at 12, just at 12 p.m. 11 to 12. Thank you so much. Let us praise and close us out. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this time that we have shared together. Thank you for your many blessings, oh God. And we ask that you continue to be with us throughout this day. We thank you. We glorify you. And even as we leave this place, but not from one another's side, we thank you, Lord, that you would bless us and keep us, that you make your face shine upon us and be gracious to us and grant us peace this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please enjoy the rest of your day. Go in peace, and may the peace of God go with you. God bless you.